Blog Talk Radio. Now, some of the other recipe people would do, they'll celebrate diversity now. 
Men are celebrate the individual cultures and things like that. Eddie. But I think that are crackiness. Because God and make we the way we do. And make we for crack, we teach the way we do and things like that. Eddie. So now I have the rest of the people for tell Hunter, say, ain't got nothing for celebrate. So why on celebrate who Hunter does anything like that. Eddie. And make sure you don't make some of these stories now. Not just look for them in the book and things like that. So we thank you, thank you to all Hunter children being to tune into this year broadcast. All these areas, but especially them, was celebrate this month with we. Yet in both who we be. So, for all on the children we know I stand tall tall when we crack with teeth like a dish. Let me switch over so that you can under and overstand. So I know some of you may be tuning in for the chat tonight. We didn't open up the chat tonight because we're gonna do a short little Black History Month opener for you because we think it's critical that every year you under and overstand the background and the history of the founding of Black History Month. And I've done a number of these broadcasts, and every year, of course, we want you to understand that there is always a theme to Black History Month. And just dry long so you just don't say, well, oh, it's just Black History Month, and then that's it. When we started off with Negro History Week, yeah, we just celebrated all different things, but over the years, the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, which is now the Association for the Study of African American Life and History, a follow, they come up with a theme so that you can under and understand what we collectively are looking at, all right? And so I definitely never stop posting things about um, so there's no particular month that we just do that. So, of course, we are still going to be on Gullah Geechee Nation on Facebook posting about Gullah Geechee. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Gullah Geechee, G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E, and on Instagram also at Gullah Geechee. Ain't no I and Geechee if it a we. Ain't no I and Geechee if it a we. All right? So... When we start to talk about this particular month, first of all, let's get this straight. Somebody else didn't give us February because February is the shortest month. Dr. Carter G. Woodson himself decided to start Negro History Week. We had a week to begin with. Between the birth dates of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln because of their significance to black people, black history, our legacy of freedom. So, starting from that perspective, in 1926, the celebration of Negro History Week began, all right? So it would go, so it would coincide essentially with Abraham Lincoln's birthday, Frederick Douglass' birthday, which happens to also be Valentine's Day, mind you, Frederick Douglass' birthday, all right? And so that week that those birthdays or Earth Days would be happening, that is when we would celebrate and we would take the time out to find out information and present information on various people that had done something, accomplished something, invented things, had been the first at what they were doing, had made significant accomplishments for the black race. We used to say things like, you are credit to your race. I'm very upset that over the last several years, I figured out that I don't hear that anymore, and I've been mentioning that to people. And then if they're as old as I am or older, they look at me and just nod their heads because they know in their lifetime at some point 
someone said to them, you need to be a credit to your race. Now, what Carter G. Woodson wanted was to make sure our race got credit. So what he even said was that, quote, if a race has no history, it has no worthwhile tradition, it becomes a negligible factor in the thought of the world and it stands in danger of being exterminated. Now, this is critical for us as Gullah Geechis to listen to that, to hear that, and to stand up and make sure that people realize we have worthwhile tradition, history, heritage, culture, and language. I just read an article today that I thought wasn't too bad um, that was posted about us, and that will be showing up at USA today as well in a piece they call Exodus for this year because they're focusing on the theme for Black History Month for this year, which is black migration. So where else would it start? Here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. Over 40% of all Africans enslaved in North America came through Sullivan's Island, one of our sea islands here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. So that was a forced migration, but it was still a black migration, black bodies being migrated through the Middle Passage to where we are now. Were we to be anything like that, we would crack we teach a soul. And then there's the Great Migration. Don't confuse the two. The Great Migration was essentially during the Great Depression and forward in time that we had Southerners, black Southerners in mass, start to go to the Midwest, start to go to the Northeast, start to go to the big city where they were not going to be as overtly, overtly oppressed as they were being in the South, especially those in the deep South and who were in the upcountry parts of the South here, away from the coast, they suffered and died, had family members die with lynchings and burning downs of entire communities happened. We had one such thing happen on our coast, Wilmington, North Carolina, where because of the black independence, there was the burning down and the beating down of the people of African descent, the native Gullah Geechee of Wilmington, North Carolina. If you get the documentary Wilmington on Fire this Black History Month and add it to your collection, trust and believe me, it is a necessary part of your education. Just as much as David Walker's appeal to the Negro, the colored citizens, is also an addition from someone from Wilmington, North Carolina, that you need to have in your collection if you want to truly study, celebrate the legacy of black people and our journey. And what took place is that when some people were forced out of the South and others ran out of the South and they went north, many never looked back because of the pain and the trauma that they suffered. As a result, when native Sea Islanders who owned property, unlike those who escaped and sharecropping and lynching left, they left their assets behind for somebody else to obtain. So when we start to discuss black migration in the Gullah Geechee Nation, it is tied directly to land ownership and to heirs' property dynamics and what we're contending with even at this moment in terms of lawsuits, in terms of family members that are split over some who think that if they get $2 today, they can live off that for the rest of their lives. And what I'm talking about is those of you who believe because you've never seen $200,000 
that you could live off $200,000 for the rest of your life. Well, unless you're going to flip that, as we would say, ain't going to happen because you probably done went through way more than that already in your lifetime, depending on how old you are. And here it is, the cost of bringing a child in the world gets you well started because you're in five figures right there if you go to a hospital. So many people have already spent that kind of money. So don't think that if you have a group of people getting displaced off their land because one destructionaire claimed they're going to write you a check for 200 grand, that you're going to get 200 grand because the lawyers got to get theirs, the government going to get their taxes out of that sale. There's all kinds of stuff deducted off. You down to at least half of that before you all see a dime. And then if you have a 100 or 1,000 heirs that that money has to get split between, think about how much you actually get. So was it worth reselling your entire family on an auction block, essentially, all over again? But if you never lived on the land, you don't have the same link and connection to the legacy of the land. So sometimes it can be a little mind-boggling, like what they mean, why won't they sell us? Or what they mean, why, why isn't there Starbucks everywhere on every sea island? Why, why is that? And these are things we're contending with because the reversal of the Great Migration is underway. It has been for several years. The urbanization and the suburbanization of north has raised the prices of rent because many people who have been renters don't overstand land ownership. So why not sell it? And some of them were the ones that were part of the forced partition sales that got their family displaced off land here or were the ones who, I ain't paying no tax on there because I ain't never going back there, that now wished that when the cousins asked them to send that $10 before, that $50, that $100 that you were asked just to contribute to the land that they had paid it. Now, here we are. February has already begun. That means if you didn't pay land tax January 15th, you already have a penalty on that property. And people coming back home, if they paid rent, they paid rent monthly. Some maybe weekly if you were, you know, in in a boarding situation with Sharon doing a room or something. But most people pay monthly. Well, land taxes are paid annually, but why can't we save that? Why can't we pull that? It's about mentality. It's about acculturation. So if you were the generation who your parents and your grandparents were part of that great migration, and then they never talked about home, they never showed you the land, they never sent you home for the summers because they were afraid, they didn't have no connection, they didn't want to be bothered anymore, or they thought, They'd arrived wherever they went and got just over broke, call it a job, was renting, not owning. They didn't think their little country bumpkin cousins knew what they were talking about with holding on to their land and still farming it, still going out into the creek, still migrating to the shores where for generation after generation they've been baptizing, they've been shouting, they've been gathering their sweet grass. You understand? they could have more things that linked them than things that separated them. And they live communally, sharing not only in the harvest, but sometimes in the heartache. When we have tragedies and other things to happen, we're sharing that together. That sharing is what caused the elders to start to let the younger people leave their children with them and send the young person on to school up north, send them on to work up north, send them on to be a live-in 
up north was because collectively they didn't have enough to survive on right where they were. But they figured they let one or two go, and they can really make money and they can really get the education. That one or two will send back for all of the 10, 20 head that's back here and be able to help them survive and help them to thrive and hold on to the land and feed the younger children and send them off to school and things like that. So the migration initially wasn't a bad thing. It was about the acculturation when people got elsewhere that they then threw away their traditions and culture and picked up somebody else's. It was about the assimilation that you have to be as hard as the concrete you're walking on to survive and to thrive. And if you've read a number of the works of people who worked with folks who were coming up up south, okay, like Ida B. Wells, if you read things from the Defender that also a native Gullah Geechee founded, okay, Robert Segestack Abbott, all right, if you've read those works, you would realize the hardship people faced because everything that glittered was not gold. The streets were not paved with gold, as people had told you. Listen to some Gil Scott Heron sometimes, all right, when he said, I got to get back, see my people. So now this migration, this reversal of the great migration, is about not only folks wanting to come back to see their people, but it's about a lot of people not knowing who their people are who are doing genealogical research and trying to figure out whether or not when their people went north, did they come from these sea islands? Did they come from the Gullah Geechee Nation? Because they thought they were yeti somebody with a cracky teeth like that, and thing like that. Oh, and they yeti on and say, oh, great God, that sounds like I'm people. I feel something. So because the Gullah language inspires them in some sort of way, they feel something, they feel a connection. When they hear it, they feel this could be home. The honest reality is it may not be. It might have been from inland. It might have been from the deep south, your people. But for those who know for sure that you are from this coast, think about elders wanted us to do a couple generations ago in that great migration. They wanted you to get your education so that you could do better in life. You could advance in life financially and otherwise. They felt that way you wouldn't have to deal with the hardships and discrimination that they had dealt with. But then they wanted you to share the assets you had, your intellect and your finances. So if we're going to reverse the great migration, then we need to be bringing assets back to the community, not distress. Assets, not distress. We need to be coming home to sit down, be quiet, and learn. I don't care if you're 75, 80, or whatever, and you're saying, oh, I'm retired, I've been grown, i got great cramps. I do not care. The attitude that it takes to survive in an urban environment is not a correctionism by which to function in rural communal communities. Individualism is not the lead in a communal situation. So you would need to be deprogrammed to be reprogrammed in order to realize how we all link. And now here we go with that big part. How do you deprogram those who already suffer with post-traumatic slave syndrome? God forbid it is compounded by post-traumatic stress disorder, 
both being PTSD. How do you deprogram them from individual behaviors and individual thoughts and just not trusting and say, but these are your people. You can and should trust them. You should embrace them and you should learn from them so that you can be brought into the circle instead of being out there by yourself trying to just survive. You know how we say I'm making it. I'm trying to make it. Well, let's don't make it because if our ancestors who had less, don't be trying to make it, I mean, let's make it. Because if our ancestors who had way less found ways to make it, then you can make it with what you got too. But it's a matter of whether or not you're trying to go the journey alone. Ubuntu. If you want to go somewhere fast, You go alone, but if you want to go far, you go together. So when we talk about black migration in the Gullah Geechee Nation, people say, well, y'all ain't going far because y'all don't leave. Y'all the same family's been on them islands for the last 400 years, and you call a name, and everybody know where y'all at on which island and all that. So how in the world can you say, y'all going somewhere? We the gwine for whole upon we culture them. We the grind for whole upon we land. We the grind for keep these your things so that when Hunter Tillin is ready and he got your mind screwed, then you got a place for come to. They say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so if those who are the traditionalists that live Gullah Geechee culture are to be the teachers for you in any way, take this lesson today and know that if you grew up anywhere else, other than between Jacksonville, North Carolina, and Jacksonville, Florida, and 35 miles inland to the St. John's River, the way you do it where you at is different than we, the way we do it here. I can tell Hunter that for true and things like that. Okay? It's not just about whether you speak the language or not. It's about whether you live the legacy. And we can't live that legacy without family, God, land, and us collectively holding on to all that. And so here it is that this journey that we're examining through this lens of Black History Month, we are taking the time on our social media at our Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page, the Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Facebook fan page, as well as the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition's Facebook fan page, and at Gullah Geechee on Twitter and at Gullah Geechee on Instagram to share throughout the month, posters essentially, images, grams for Instagram that you can read, that you can share with others to learn the living legacy, the people who are actually Gullah Geechee or did something significantly Gullah Geechee. You see, not people who did movies about us and y'all now think they Gullah Geechee because Wikipedia or Google, when you ask for Gullah Geechee's people, face pop up or their names or their films or books pop up. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about people we know are native Gullah Geechee's. You will see information that's going to be shared and that you can further share it and that you can delve in deeper throughout the course of this month. Before you decide, to even migrate here for an event to engage with people. You'll be able to discern when you get here then 
what is just a tourist trap event versus something that's actually being put on by native Gullah Geechee. A lot of that on the Kayeti and things like that, because they don't know if he's going to like that. It's just all talk. So here it is that it's critical that when we talk about this black migration this month, that we go full circle, just like the sun Kofa bird, go back and fetch it. If one ain't know where one the different, one ain't going to know where one the going. And so it's time for us to look back into the past, know why your people migrated from down south, but know why you're being called home now. But when you get there, know you didn't come to teach. You now the student. And that you sit upon the portrait of the other rest of people, going out on in the field and things like that, and learn how for do things, for how to be self-sufficient. So here it is that those who held the land are still self-sufficient enough that whenever it was time for somebody's body to be sent home, they had a place to bury them. If they came home alive, they had a place for them to stay. Don't care if it was a two-room house and 15 people in it, they had somewhere for you to stay and had some food for you to eat. Not much of that has changed, fortunately. And so because a precedent was set by Dr. Carter G. Woodson to start examinations of these various things about black people over time, now we're looking at us collectively. How, why did we migrate? During this month, we celebrated in the U.S. During October, they'll celebrate in the U.K., and so it spread, this celebration has spread all over the world now, and so that people are studying the historic legacy of people of African descent. But let us make this a living story and living journey this year. So if you go to com, you will see under the link for Gullah Geechee events a series of events that we're having throughout the year for you to come join us here in the Gullah Geechee Nation and celebrate who we do all year because we embody living black history, living this legacy. Our journey is throughout this coast. So we do migrate. We migrate even if it's just to marry. So now, if you want to journey with us, continue to tune in throughout the month to this broadcast as we share our story our vision, our legacy, and definitely who we be down here in this your land upon the sea. So thank you for all the hundred children who taught them not robbery to join me this evening for this year short broadcast of We Show Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This year the Queen Quet head upon the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Thank you, thank you for tuning in to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.